Holy Spirit, again, we are so grateful for you. We're so grateful for the ways that you move. We're so grateful that all of us in this room have been saved by grace. That we've been saved by you. That you have redeemed us. And, um, and so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just come upon me now as I speak. Lord, would you use me to, um, to, to say your words, Lord. Fill me now and fill us, Lord, that we would hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, um, so whilst I was uh, preparing for this message, and I was, I was asking the Lord uh, for many months, Rachel and I, asking God, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? I was saying, what do you want to say through me um, to these women? And, uh, and I was reminded, as I was praying this, I was reminded of a story uh, of when I was on holiday in America. I was on holiday, woohoo, American, uh, in uh, America with my two-year-old uh, daughter at the time. She's now 11, but was two at the time. And she was so excited uh, to go to the beach. She hadn't been to the beach before. And she was so excited to go to the beach and to build sandcastles. And the particular beach that we were going to, you had to park on, um, on a hill and then walk down the hill in order to get to the beach. And as you walk down this hill to the beach, you pass this sort of large um, ground, this tarmac space. And on this tarmac space is lots and lots of little particles, a thin layer of sand. And as we were walking down this hill, we got to this bit before we were getting to the beach. And Gracie was there, my daughter, with her, with her sandcastle, with her, her bucket and spade. And as soon as we got to this tar tarmac, she just she just dived on the floor and she started digging at the sand and this tarmac. And I knelt down, she was so excited, I knelt down and I said, Gracie, what are you doing? And she said, I'm building sandcastles, sandcastles. And I was like, no, the beach isn't here, there is so much more. Just around the corner, there is a whole beach for you to dig sandcastles on. And as I was reminded of that story, I really felt like God was saying to us this evening that there is so much more. There is so much more divine power for us now and in our daily lives, more of Jesus available to us. And you know, perhaps some of us, you know, we are digging around trying to make sandcastles with the few grains of sand that we can find. And you know, this isn't God's intention for us. He wants us to be alive in him. And I believe, I really believe he is inviting us into a greater filling of his divine power for the sake of his kingdom, for the sake of Christ being made known in our country and the world. And you know, Rachel spoke this morning amazingly this morning about what it means to lay down our power. And so I want to ask the question tonight, how might we see his power working through us in greater measure? Okay? And we're going to do that and we're going to turn to Ephesians. I think the um, scriptures are coming on the, on the screen here. We're going to read from Ephesians 1 verse 18. Now, P Paul is speaking to a group of churches in Ephesus, and basically he's explaining the good news of Jesus. And he writes, I pray 
that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. Jumping now, if you've got your Bibles, to Ephesians 2.4. He says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God not by works, so no one can boast. And we're camping out in verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, there is a progression of thought in Ephesians 1 and 2, where Paul is basically saying, we were dead in relationship with God. We were alive physically, but dead, like zombies. We were not fully alive in the way that God made us to be. But as Rach said this morning, because of God's remarkable grace and kindness, he sent Jesus to take on sin and death and crushed it and defeated it once and for all. He then rose again that in him we also have resurrection life. And now this power His divine power, the same power that conquered the grave, lives in us. (laughs) We've been invited in to new creation life. We've been invited into a new way of being. However, how many of us don't feel fully alive in Christ? If we're honest, how many of us feel a bit like zombies? Perhaps you're living life, you know, just going through the motions. Perhaps we've been content, comfortable, living these half-lives. Perhaps some of us this evening are simply exhausted, trying to live life in your own strength and in your own ability, trying to be better trying hard, you know, to break those addictions, those patterns of behavior with your own willpower. Or simply you're sat here and I'm just, you're just going through life, just pushing through each day. I'm just going to push through each day. And you know, what Paul isn't saying is that we're guaranteed this happy life without difficulty. That isn't what he's saying. But he's saying we can be alive in Christ. And you know, there is no condemnation with this whatsoever. But I hear the Father, 
And I hear him saying, come on, there is more of me. There is more of me. There's more of me to experience. There is more of me to know. Don't settle, don't settle. And there's always more of him, isn't there? Always, whether you're 99 or nine, there is more, there's always more of him. He's always available to show more of who he is. Okay, so how do we step into this more? How then do we step into the more? Firstly, we let divine power transform us. You know, in my early 20s, um, I, ha- I, was, I was in an awful state in my early 20s, um, incredibly insecure, went through lots of depression and feeling, um, yeah, battling with many, many things, especially in my mind. And at, uh, long story short, I, at 21, I had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit where I was filled with his spirit and it completely and utterly changed my life. I knew 110% in that moment that God is real. (laughs) Completely blew my socks off. And I woke up the next day and everything changed. It was like my eyes had been opened. They had been opened to his love. They were opened to my value, that I was valuable that I was worth something. I saw my whole being differently because I saw it through his eyes. I experienced purpose and dignity. And you know, this is what Paul is saying in Corinthians when he says, we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, for we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. My favorite verse. His divine power is working to form new creation life within us. His power is making us alive. His power enables us to recognize who we truly are in Christ. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. And you know, the Greek word for handiwork is poema. (laughs) which is where we get the word poetry. It basically means that something has been made. Something has been created. It's artwork. And in Genesis 1, in the creation account, God makes creation and he says good. He says good six times. He then makes male and female in his image and he calls it very good. Therefore, God's evaluation of his work is that it is very good. In other words, perfect, excellent, just as I wanted it. But how many of us, we get stuck here, don't we? If we're really honest, we get stuck here. Do you and I, do we truly believe that we are God's artwork? We're his poetry. He spoke us into being. And I really believe that God wants to open some of our hearts this evening to reveal this truth afresh. And you know, this is a lifetime journey, as I said. I was filled with the Spirit and things changed, but there are layers, aren't there? Layers and layers. I am a work in progress. We are a work in progress. And earlier this year, um, a friend of mine, a great friend of mine, um, had a dream. And in the dream, she dreamt that I was a chicken. 
<laughs> it's so kind. Uh, so she dreamt that I was a chicken, and, um, and I was this chicken, and she saw me just eating scraps on the floor, head down, you know, pecking at the floor, just eating all these scraps. And in this dream, this large hand grabbed me and put me into this grass field. And this hand that took me out started to feed me by the hand. And I felt like this was such a significant dream. I took it to a counselor, and I, I realized that I had been eating scraps. I'd been eating scraps, receiving lies about who I was, and I was feeding off them. And he wanted that to stop, to see the lies and feed me truth. And since then, you know, I've He's been revealing this truth to me about how he sees me, literally feeding me. And one of these uh, moments was this summer. And, uh, and I, um, I had a mole removed. I had a cancerous mole on my leg. And, um, and I had to um, get it removed. I had two surgeries. And I got a good old chunk uh, taken out of my leg. And I'm absolutely fine now. Praise the Lord. Um, but because of that, I was actually left on the sofa um, for a few days. I couldn't walk. Um, and, uh, and honestly, for fellow mums out there, I was like, oh, you know, a few days bound to a sofa. It sounds absolutely dreamy. Um, so I was actually like sort of slightly excited at the fact that I, you know, I can't move. You know, you're going to have to do all of that because I can't move. Um, and I thought it was going to be really dreamy, but I actually found it really hard. I didn't realize that I was such an activist. I realized that I had been um, carrying this underlying lie that if I wasn't achieving something, I wasn't worth anything. You know, I sat on my sofa, um, and I was feeling all of these, you know, thinking all these thoughts, I was failing my children, you know, I'm not doing enough, I can't be on, you know, I'm on the sofa, but they need me, and I'm sort of failing them. And then I was like, oh, well, I can't be at work, um, so my team, I'm failing, I'm disappointing my team. And then I was like, and I'm not using this time enough on the sofa, you know, I'm not interceding enough, I'm not reading the Bible enough, I'm not doing enough. And it was like, ooh, you know, you're not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. <laughs> and in that pressure and in that anxiety, in that swarm in my head, I simply closed my eyes. I did close my eyes. And I said, Lord, show me my soul. Show me my soul. And as soon as I closed my eyes, in the Lord's kindness, he showed me an image of a wound similar to the one on my leg. He showed me the wound and the stitches were still in it. The stitches were doing a temporary job of holding it together, but it wasn't healed. And so I simply gave this wound to the Lord and I said, Lord, this is yours. I don't know what this is, but you know, and I pray by your spirit that you would heal it. You know, my worth was being questioned in the deepest parts of my soul. I then opened my eyes and, um, and randomly, as I opened my eyes, I um, went to my phone and on my phone um, was this quote from a book from a friend who sent it to me like months ago, I reckon like six months ago. It was a complete and utter miracle that it was on my phone, honestly, as I picked it up. And as I saw it, I read it and it said this from a book called Heinz Feats on High Places, as some of you might have read. And it said this, much afraid, who represents humans in the book, looked at him 
Jesus earnestly. He said, I've often wondered about the wildflowers, she said. It does seem strange that such unnumbered multitudes should bloom in the wild places of the earth where perhaps no one ever sees them. The look the shepherd turned on her was beautiful. Nothing my father and I have made is ever wasted, he said. I felt like God say to me in that moment, you are my wildflower. <laughs> Your worth is in the fact that you have been made by me. Therefore, offer yourself completely. Offer it willingly to me. Show up for me. Stand tall because I have made you. Are you on a journey like me of accepting the person God has made you to be? Are you allowing God to transform you? You know, I believe it grieves God that we reject who God has made. You know, this is the scheme of the enemy. You know, Satan's desire is to fill you with self-hatred and self-pity, to rob you of the life he has for you in Christ Jesus. His divine power longs to fill you with the same love the Father has had for you since the foundation of the world. And we need our eyes open to how we collude with the enemy when we agree with lies, condemnations about who we are made to be. We need to put on those 3D glasses to help us discern. We need to repent and agree with his view of us. And you know, this isn't narcissism. You know, this isn't self-love. When we embark on a journey of transformation, which brings about self-acceptance, we are free to forget ourselves. We're free to truly love God, to truly love others. This is why the enemy hates it. He wants us to stay in self-hatred because we get stuck there. Stuck in comparisons unable to cheer each other on, unable to encourage our brothers and sisters. We strive, we cover up who we are to please others. We desperately try and look better. And this takes up so much space, doesn't it? So much space in our minds and our thinking and our actions. And we are simply to offer ourselves to God, the good, the bad, the ugly, and contemplate who he is and what he says about you. A wise friend of mine, um, he's in Nottingham, he said to me the other day, we must face our black holes to shine like stars. He wants us to face our past with Jesus, or those hurts and pains will just keep sucking us back into them. And you know, he doesn't want to show us our past hurts for any other reason to free you. You know, if pain isn't transformed, it gets transmitted. Nick that quote, I'm sure you all know that. <laughs> okay then, so why is it important? Why is it important? Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. You are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, when we meet Jesus and contemplate his glory, we are transformed by him. 
and then we are compelled into good works. We are renewed to be free for kingdom work. You know, this is, this is the danger zone when we're freed up for kingdom work. And as you know, some of you may have known that Rach and I have done a podcast and we've been looking at Jesus meets, looking at Jesus' encounters with women in the Gospels. Encounter after encounter, they are transformed by Jesus when they meet him. And then we see that they are compelled, they are compelled into good works for his kingdom. You know, these women, they carry such strength Their devotion to Jesus becomes their superpower. They're tenacious, courageous, and the enemy absolutely hates it. You know, right at the beginning, Rachel said this already, but God made us in his image, male and female, to govern the world and to reflect God. Eve was made equal. She was made of exactly the same substance as Adam, as an expression of God's oneness. You know, God said it was not man, it was not good for man to be alone. So he created a helper, Isa. And this word, so some of you are like, ooh. You know, this word has been such a stumbling block, hasn't it, for so many It's often seen as um, a deputy or an assistant, but it's just not true. All the other times this word is used in the Old Testament is to to describe God. It's to describe, it's the Holy Spirit, it's to describe God's strength. You know, right from the beginning, God wants women's contribution. He wants you to contribute to the work He is prepared in advance for you to do right back in Genesis to reflect him in the world. You know, I feel, and if it hasn't come out already today, we feel so convicted. I feel so deeply that God wants women liberated as equals how he originally intended. And this is why it's warfare. This is why it's warfare, because the enemy absolutely hates it. Every time a woman is released, darkness is pushed back. Every time you encourage and release another woman in your context, where you live, on your street, in your school, darkness is pushed back. Every time you speak out in obedience, you use your voice. Darkness is pushed back. And so what's our part? What's our part to play in all of this? You know, if this is all his power, if it's all his power within us, what's our job? What is our job in it? The question is, will we give him everything? Will we let him transform us? It might be hard, but will you let him transform you? Will you let him compel you forward for kingdom work? You know, his power is made perfect in weakness. But we so want the power, don't we? It's so easy to want the power, but forget about the weakness bit. 
And weakness is surrender. It's saying, have it all. Have my whole life. Transform me. As hard as it is, Lord, I want to be your vessel. I want to be used for your kingdom purposes. I don't want to be held back by fear anymore. I don't want to be held back by self-doubt. Transform me and compel me. And I have, I have a prop for those that need a prop. I just thought this was such a great analogy. You know, this is a torch, as you can see. And it's been made. I didn't make this torch. And it's battery powered. The power is coming from a different source. Yet it can't switch on for creation work, for good work, until I switch it. You know, we have agency. We have agency. And I feel like that's the message. We have a part to play in this. We have agency. We have a choice to let him. And honestly, the, my plea from the deepest parts of my being is let him in. Let him in to every single part. All the stuff you want to hide. You know, all the stuff you just don't want anyone to see, all the hidden things that not even anyone around you knows, let him in, let him transform you. Let divine power bring new creation, that we are new creations in a world that so desperately needs us to be. But it's on us, guys. It's on us. So let's stand, and I'm simply going to just want you to say, Come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> so why don't we stand? So we're in the moment. Oh, Lord. Oh, maybe the band want to come up. but Just maybe where you are, I don't know where any of that lands for you. But when we were praying for the orchard um, with our core team, uh, someone had this um, vision of women leaving sort of empty, <laughs> You know how we often say, you know, leave full. Obviously, we want you to leave full of the Lord. But actually, leaving empty. Let's do business now. Like, leave it here. Let him in. Surrender it. Let go and see what he can do. And so, Holy Spirit, only you can do that in us. Only you can give us the courage. And so we're asking God. We are begging for your power. We pray for those moments of encounter that I experienced in my 20s, God. I pray that right here, right now. Come, Holy Spirit. All you need to do is right now close your eyes and just say, come, Holy Spirit. I want more of you in my life. I want to be transformed into your likeness. I want to bear your image.